I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Aotearoa Rugby Pass. Ross Carl here in Wellington and Test Match Week. We'll get onto all of the Test Match Rugby soon, but up on the shore where it's obviously very sunny because James Pass has got the pipes out. <laughs> People are pretty happy. James Parsons and Bryn Hall with us. Boys, I win for Harbour. Oh, so good. I mean, Bryn, you were out there. You'll be able to talk more in depth. But I think, you know, we spoke earlier in the week uh, before that Southland game. And, you know, we spoke about what we're about and going back to what we're about and, and putting some pride back into our jersey and our community. And, man, I think uh, there'll be a lot of Harbour fans wearing that jersey with pride this week. Yeah, look, it was, mate. We um, yeah, were pretty disappointed, I guess, not with just the Southland result, but I guess the one against Waikato as well. So um, I guess we knew how much of a big test it was being. It was just great to see that the stuff that we had been training and the stuff that we previewed and trained, uh, we kind of executed, which we've probably been missing the last couple of weeks. And I thought a lot of the guys stood up as well. A lot of our leaders, um, they, they stood up in that game. So I think with a young squad and with our leaders playing well, it kind of, um, you know, had a flow on affecting our game. So, um, but yeah, like I said, my highlight, if we talked about it before the podcast, was actually getting one over the refs. Just, uh, <laughs> that was just one that absolutely stoked me. So, yeah. You've been doing me, that with me, the Crusaders for years, mate. It's just oh, mate, common it practice. Took, well, it took me eight, nine years to North Harbour to finally get a call on the refs. So, <sighs> I was uh, pretty stoked. I actually that. thought Explain he did a good happened. job, Nick Bryant. I thought he did a good job. Yeah, he did. He did again, and he was pretty open to the to the rules that uh, when I brought it up as well. So yeah, appreciate that, Nick, mate. You bloody helped us in that in that one there. Okay, so let's tell the story here. Basically, Harbour were up. Tasman's lost two men to the bin, and we're looking at Golden Oldies scrums, but yep. the ref didn't know. Is this what's going on? Oh, I think it was yeah, just more so the law around it. So it was Golden Oldies, and you need to still have eight in the um in the scrum. Like you need eight people in the scrum, not six. So. I think Tasman thought they were going to get away with. I was looking at Andrew Macaleo and he was just kind of chipping away, laughing, thinking that it wasn't going to happen. And I just clued up Nick and I said, hey, mate, I'm pretty sure you've got to have eight on the scrum. And it's pretty funny. He said, oh, I think you're right there. Just give me a second. Went upstairs and then goes, just a bit of clarity. Do they actually have um, need to have eight on the scrum? And then the message came down. And then before you know, you've got Finlay Christie locking in at eight. So. I like I like that. Like he wasn't embarrassed that he didn't know yeah, was good. exactly the law, and he, he went upstairs and got got it right rather than yeah. you know taking it personally and trying to think you know cover themselves and, and that they're knowing it all. And mm. he made the right call and, and went about it in a sensible manner, which was good. 
Yeah, and I think that's a, with the experience, the experience with Nick as well. He's actually pretty open to it, and that's the, I guess his players, Jeff, as you know, as a captain, mate. It's pretty important to have those kind of relationships where you can actually just have a genuine conversation. Like, I'm not trying to have a go here. I'm just trying to, you know, um, be best prepared for our team and how we can get a result. So, no, he was really good around it, and um, you know, proved pretty crucial in this yeah, kind of situation. Ren Hall, the next Jamie Nut Brown, the next Glenn <laughs> Jackson. Finally good to get one. TJ Perinara's done it once so, or twice, so just nice to get on the receiving end for once. <laughs> Surely there's got to be some sort of court session at the end of the year for the refs where they're copping it for that. <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. Jeez, I'm giving him a pat on the back. Oh, thank you very much for um, listening. So we tend to have to listen to a lot of players, so we don't get any any calls that go our way because it's always um, letter of the law and what, the, what goes what goes what the refs go. So uh, and I was pretty stoked then. Cheers, Nick, for that, mate. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to seeing you again, hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, mate. <laughs> what 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 happened to our pack, mate? It's the best we've cleaned bodies and got that right. I, mate, you were like on turbocharge. It was like you were playing at test match level. I called the game, and that's what I said. It was like the forwards couldn't get set quick enough because their cleans were so crisp. That ball was out. You had that ball up. Um, and, you know, like, was there a change during the week at, at training or... Was it just a mindset shift after you know after the Southland game? I think it was a bit of both. I think we we kind of had trends in our in our game. Unfortunately, when it came to a breakdown, being a little bit late and um, and not arriving early, so uh, we had a couple of words that were triggers for the weekend. Uh, we kind of trained that in our um, in our team. That was the kind of mindset that we had. So um, we knew that we if we didn't get that right, then it'd be pretty a tough a tough day because you know Tasman are pretty good and pretty efficient around the breakdown and, and defensively. So. Uh, we knew that we had to be on the job there, and I thought our forwards did that really well. And you know, as a nine, it's it's great to get that front foot ball where it's just there on a plate, and you can you can float around like our rovers, like um, you know, Thomas Aoki was fantastic on the oh, weekend. Oh, he was with, outstanding, wasn't mate. He? And you know, when you've got those kind of quick balls, and you've got guys that can use their footwork around those big boys, um, you know, it made us pretty good. We would get in behind them, and then they'd have to reset, go backwards, and then you know, gay guys like Ipper who had a, who had a great game with ball carry and. Even like Murphy Tatamai as well. So, well, Murphy, um, yeah, everyone's. Yeah, mate. Everyone so, collectively, it was, it was a great effort. And I guess for us nines, you know, we loved having that front football. And it's going to be a tough one, tough one this week against a pretty um, strong, strong pack of Hawks. Ah, smart, smart. Yeah, you mate. know, see, you yeah. spoke up Tasman last week, you knock them off. Now we start talking <laughs> up Hawks Bay. Yeah. Well, mate, we've done a lot of, done a bit of, done a bit of preview matters, you know, us, um, us rugby players. So, um, yeah, they're going to be good, really good. Um, Lose four trio and even Ash Dixon as well is good over the ball. So and the outside backs um, get a good jackals as well. So now we're going to have to be on the job and it's a line in the sand for us as a group and looking forward to the challenge that Hawks Bay is bringing on Saturday. Unfortunately, it's at the wrong venue. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, oh. bring, bring it up, travel it up, bring it up. I saw it as in a suitcase. Bring it up for the for the weekend. <laughs> hopefully they're still, hopefully they're still going. Hopefully they're still going, having a few beers and whatnot. <laughs> From what I ran into Brad Weber this morning. And from what I understand, the celebrations were relatively large. Uh, Ash Dixon's hundred well, yeah. shield. I mean that 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 would be a, a fair fair occasion to celebrate. I'd say. <laughs> that brings us to our next segment: the uh, performance uh, of the week, brought to you by Hellspan Elite. Hellspan Elite is the first sports nutrition partner of the All Blacks. For the last five years, the team has been supplementing their diet with Hellspan Elite products to support their health and aid performance. The range is specifically developed to provide trusted, batch-tested supplements, giving peace of mind that they are safe to take. So, guys, Hellspan Elite performance of the week in the Mitre 10 Cup. It can't go to Harbour, can it? Oh, mate, it has to. How can it not, mate? How can it not? I know you want to get a little plug in there for counties, mate, but come on. (laughs) Seriously. 
nobody thought we were going to win. <laughs> only the 23 that was there were they were playing that game, and maybe a few supporters. Our yeah. supporters. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I, it was it was exceptional. Uh, I don't think you go past it. I think if Southland had got up over Waikato, they would have pushed you uh, mm. for performance of the week. But I think Harbour putting 40 points on Tasman, who had got three bonus point wins rounds one to three. Oh, you can't go past it. Yeah. Can't if I'm not, yeah. If I, if I was to go another way, I'd probably, make, you know, winning the Ranfurly Shields a big one. So, Hawks, mate, <laughs> yeah. possibly. But, mate, come on. Come on, Ross. You know, mate. Come on. <laughs> no, no it, was, it, was, it wasn't a tight enough affair, the, the Shield challenge. Yeah, just dump there. Yeah. Tip up, Tasman. Yeah. What, what, what was the, the winning streak? 16, 17 games broken. Mm. By their bogey side, Harbour. We always go good against Tasman. I don't know what it is, eh? Yeah, yeah. we always, yeah. yeah. For whatever reason, we do. Yeah, always get up for them, so. As popular as this show is in Milford and Cheltenham Beach and all the <laughs> other places up there, it's got to be Hawks Bay. It's the Shield. The fourth oh. team to win the Shield this year. Only once has it happened where five teams have held the Shield in a year. That was in 1950. Wow. So this is a big year for the Ramfley Shield. And oh. the, more, the more it gets won, the better it is, right? Well, I tell you what, on that note, if Northland grab it, if Northland grab it, the first lick is Harbour. And you know what happens after that, eh? Counties comes and takes it. We hold on to it. We hold on to it. (laughs) (laughs) Counties is up next after that if you guys pick it up off Northland. Yeah, it is. I'll tell you what, though, it's like, isn't it great to see? You know, it just shows, I think, if you think about a decade ago, you're probably thinking the championship and the premiership teams, there wasn't many games where... You know, teams are winning, but whereas now anybody can win it, and it just shows the, the depth in the competition. And like I think, yeah, I'm, for me selfishly, yeah, I'm hoping Northern obviously get Northern in a couple are playing weeks time. Good so footy too, man. they're playing very good footy, man. Yeah. Two top, you know, two form teams in the in the championship, you know, Northern and Hawks Bay. So going to be a great encounter in a few weeks' time. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be great. Um, and I've got to mention counties got off the duck as well. Got yeah, well, the they made hard work. Thirty of it. seconds to go. <laughs> You got the ball and you kick it out on the pull and there's still, and I was like, oh no, I don't have any hair anymore. I had nothing to pull on. Like, oh, what's going on? Mate, the ref, did you hear the ref as well? Four minutes for that saying, oh, don't look at the scoreboard clock. It's, um, you know, it's not on the right. There's, you know, there's five minutes to go or whatever. And then they turn around and look at the scoreboard clock and kick it out. And I was just, I was um, there at the game. I was just like, oh my God. Like it was just <laughs> crushing blow. Like you could just see, like imagine if, Man or two went and um, you know stole the game. Oh, yeah. Poor old yeah. Tyler there would have oh, it probably could have ended him, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there was a big celebration there. But it's test match week. Um oh, yeah. domestic rugby. We've got the, the big ones coming up. Um levels of excitement one to ten, boys. Oh, twelve. Ten. Yeah. Twelve. I'm Can't looking wait. forward to Sunday. Afternoon footy gets me really up. Sunday afternoon footy is Oh, it's so exciting. Yep. yep. Sold out crowd at the oh, Caton. Yeah. That's the one thing that I'm going to love, man. Seeing the, the, the crowd, man. Yeah. After, after new footy. Hopefully the weather comes comes good as well. I think, um, you know, it's always tough to play down in one but If it's a dry, sunny day, afternoon footy, man, how good. What a great start for the um, for the Bleasler. Yeah, last time there was an afternoon Bledisloe Cup action at the Caton. Is it in Wellington? John Eels? John Eels, yeah. Oh, yeah, Craig yeah. Dow gave the penalty. Yeah, one. John Eels. <laughs> oh. yep. um, it's a hell of a the, kick, too. Imagine that, a lock. You oh. know, 
Sam Whitelock was talking about it today at the press conference and, you know, just saying, I'm not putting my foot anywhere near a ball. Yeah, I've you seen Sammy kick. He can't kick, man. He can win a line out, though. He can, though. He can hit a ruck. <laughs> yeah, and that's an important point, isn't it? Um, the All Blacks this year have got quite a different looking line out. Kieran Reid was a master of the line out. Brody Italic's not there. Scott Barrett's unavailable at the moment, although he was in camp today doing a little bit of work. He's here for a couple of days. Um, what does the All Blacks line out look like? How, well, how does it get formed? Well, I, you're right. Kieran Reid was the, I suppose, the master of the line out and the calling and, and probably rejuvenated that role of number eight um, as a jumping option and, and controlling and organising that. that. So, they, look, there, there will be a big shift. They didn't operate as well as they probably liked last year. Look, I had a quick look at their stats, and they operated at 86%, uh, whereas the Wallabies operated at 93%. And in the last three tests that the Wallabies have had, they've operated at 100%. So the, the, the Wallabies have got quite a sharp, but they've lost those three, I think, three of the four World Cup lots. But they've still got Rob Simmons there, who I think is their general, Waratah's lineouts exceptional so that, that, that it's an area of the game that I've been pretty dominant um and you know for a long time but I'll, I'll be interested to see if they have a change of mindset maybe a bit more quick throwing under Dave Rennie you know that's something that he really liked um from the Chiefs and then the All Blacks for me it, it, Sam Whitelock's just I mean Bryn you'd know like he's he's a student of the game he's a student of the line out I, I think he becomes the key cog to the success and a guy that I've thrown a lot to, uh, we speak about jumping number eights, I, I'd say is one of the best line-out options I've thrown to in my career is Hoskins Satuta. He's so light on his feet. Um, he's explosive in the air and his ability, and his, it's not, it's the finishing of it. When he gets the ball, he rips it out of the air and, and you know, it's it's the delivery to the nine, all those little things mm. um, he, he really nails. But he, it, he's not light, but he's, like when you lift him, he just feels light and he just yeah. shoots up in the air. And mm. um, I think he could play a big role, a big role because yeah. he's a little bit of an unknown, but we used him a hell of a lot in the Blues mm. as, as one of our options. Yeah. I think it's going to be a great opportunity for Paddy as well, I think. You know, yeah. a guy that's, um, that's played a lot of footy and you know, had a great season for you boys when it came to leadership and playing a footy jip. But, you know, with the likes of Scooter being out and, um, and Brody not being there, I think it's just a great opportunity for Paddy to really come in there and dominate with, with Sammy and having that combination. Cause he's going to get a lot of time with it, obviously with a couple of guys out. So, um, yeah, you know, I think, will, will he look, um, at doing that defense role, you know, like, uh, understanding and, and running the defense, I'd say normally they seem to, they like Romano's done it in the past. You know, you'd, you'd love to think like you say, he grabs the ball by the horns. He's probably not going to, you know, I know that for a fact, he'd love to sit at the back of the all back lineup and, and call for them, no doubt, but, Whitelock's probably got that role there. So it'll be interesting to see if he, you know, takes on that leadership role, I suppose, of the defensive line-out. Because we've just spoken about um, how successful the Wallabies line-out has, has been um, over the last few years. I think that can play a big factor because of the turnover ball and, and I suppose, the New Zealand's mindset uh, to attack off turnover balls so crucial. Mm. No, I, I agree, Matt. I think um, you'd have a lot more, more intel around... Petty would be able to be up for that job, but I think oh, if he, I just look at yeah, if I just look at his leadership, mate, and where he's come, mate, I think um, it'd be a challenge that he'd, he'd be really looking forward to. I'd presume. Yeah, I think the beauty of it is that he, he's he's going to be the more senior guy in there now, you know, because because you, you've spoken about the guys that aren't going to be there, so it's almost like you know 
the world, and because he's had such a successful year and he's got that confidence, I think he'll he'll really come out of his shell and and this will be the All Black season that you remember Patrick Tuipulotu kicking off. And it's the time to do it, isn't it? You know, he has the opportunity this year. We know that Brody will be back. You know, we know that Scott Barrett is an outstanding athlete and a very good rugby player. Um, if he is going to take his place right now, is the time to do it because it might not ever happen again. I think, yeah, I just think he's he's ready for it. And I think if you look at this year and, you know, he got rewarded with the captaincy in the North East South game. And I think it just shows the the direction and I guess the leadership qualities that he has had and where he's come in the last 24 months. So, you know, I think he's been there for a while. I know he's been there for four or five years. He's been um, playing well at Super Rugby. That leadership qualities has just gone to the next level. Like Jip will know, been there with it this whole year and his last 24 months at the Blues. But yeah, I think it's time for Petty. I really I do. Think, I think it's time for him. I, I, I agree. I think it changed for him the Wallabies test at Eden Park when he went 80 minutes, I'm pretty sure. And, and they, they came out, I think Mick Gill came out and said they've changed his nutrition or his game day nutrition. Mm. Um, and I spoke to him about that earlier in the year. I said, what, you know, what was it that changed? And it wasn't anything drastic. It was, um, I think he's added in like squeezy gels at half time and stuff. So there's, there's that spike for him to really finish games off well. And he said it just made a huge difference for him. Um, so I think, yeah, I, I think he's, he's made that step of like, okay, he's a serious all black starter. And now it's like, he's, he, could, he could potentially come out the end of this season and, and be a, a, a leader. You know, an all black, uh, all black leader, and, and running, running the cutter in there. Yeah, when you look at him, he provides something in this team that maybe the team hasn't had necessarily. Is a big, powerful ball running lock starting. He's, that's his. He's, his point of difference. You know, like there's no. I don't think there's another lock like him in the game at the moment, and especially in New Zealand. So, you know, his his ability to carry hard and, and do the tough stuff, but also his ability to offload and and, and link and put others into space is, is, you know, I suppose second to none. Um, you know, and then you've got, I think his game complements Sam Whitelock really well in, in the sense that um, I suppose they're just two different players. One's running the cutter line outside and, and, and I suppose, um, you know, Paddy brings that physical presence, um, follow me style of leader. Is his line-out work underestimated? Because he takes a few opposition balls, doesn't he? Yeah, oh, mate, and he's he works so hard. And like, we've got, in the Blues, he's a, our line-out leader. Um, so he runs our line-out, and, you know, he puts a lot of time and effort into it. So I, I think it is. But it, it's, again, it's an area of the game that he's just improving, and, and he's going to get the opportunity at some stage. So, um, you know, that's when, at Super Rugby, he's definitely a... a a solid line-out option. It's now, you know, getting that, I suppose, Sam Whitelock dominance, um, you know, on the on the test match stage. So if that's the case, are we looking at an All Blacks from, never mind the front row, if we're going Whitelock, Tuipulotu and Hoskins at the back, then we've got Kane and Savia on the sides. Is that pretty much a lock from four to eight? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's so hard because you do, you know, I mean, obviously Kane's got the seven. Um, Shannon Frizzell has been playing well at six. He is that, he is that, I suppose, that Jerome Kaino style six, you know. Um, but I, you just, I, I'm with you. I don't know if you can leave Artie off the field because he's so good over the breakdown. He's so good ball in hand. Um, but it does shorten your line out a little bit. But like you said, if you've got those two big boys and, and Hoskins in there and... Um, I suppose Sam Kane 
is still a pretty big body in, 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 a, in a theoretical option. Um, there's enough there to work with, isn't there? Do you think they'll chuck Cullen Grace in the mixer straight away, Jip, or kind of just bleed him in? Yeah, no, nah, I think it'll be more an apprenticeship. Um, sort of get him in the environment, learn a bit about him. And, and look, his body has, has let him down a little bit this year, you know, physically. So, you don't, you know, test match level footy is another step up. Um, so I just think I think Nick Gill's going to get his hands on him. He's going to get some good training load. He's going to get a bit bigger, and he'll get an opportunity if it comes this year. But if it doesn't, you know, he'll be able to kick into you know Super Rugby next year and a body type that would probably be new to us. You know, he's still quite rangy and, and lean. I'd say they'll be putting a bit of bit of meat on him um, in the camp at the moment. It's interesting you say that. I was thinking that I was at the gym session this morning and I saw Callum Grace and. Peter Umanga Jensen walked past and their body shape, the guys who haven't had Nick Gill get a hold of them up until now is quite different to the guys who are within the All Blacks camp. I, I suppose when you're a younger player, you're going to be a little bit smaller anyway, but certainly that does appear to be a thing. You just need a little bit more size to be an international player. Yeah, I think the other beauty of the All Blacks system is when you're in there, you're in there 24-7, so they can, they can get a real clear picture of where you might not be hitting the mark. Do you know what I mean? And, and it's all provided for you. And then I suppose that's where players get the, the experience to learn, okay, this is what my week looks like now. Whereas when you're in super rugby teams, you come and go and you're in charge of your own, you know, your own food, your own intake. Whereas when you're in the All Blacks, it's all on. It's at the right times. It's, it's, it's the perfect portions. And that's how they'll learn and grow. And, and having brains like Nick Gilbert, more importantly, Kat Dowry, who's the nutritionist, is you know she's she's awesome, you know, and, and she'll have the whole plan of right. What's their goal? They'll sit down with coaches. What do we need to do? Bon, this is how we're going to get it, and this is what his week looks like in the hotel. So it's is it at Super Rugby level, you've got to be a lot more responsible with what you do massively, um, yeah. and is, is that and there's a culture that absolutely needs to be developed to make sure that the young players do what has to be done to continue to progress. Yeah, absolutely. But it's like, um, you, you still eat in, well, at the Blues where you've got a cafe and stuff and like you eat a lot, but it's it's when you go home and, you know, what you're having for dinner. And, you know, we've got um, Dane as our um, nutritionist. He does the NZ7s as well. And he's, what, like, I, I reckon he's awesome. And, you know, you, you same thing, plan out your week, but there's a little bit more responsibility to go to the supermarket and get the right stuff, get the right cuts of meat, uh, get the veggies and, all that whereas what i'm saying is when you're in the all blacks environment it's yeah <laughs> not the dominoes um, <laughs> but it, it's just all there you just walk in and it's done so it's 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 you, you're never going to miss a beat when you're in that environment yeah yeah okay uh, okay um and so when we look at this team that's got together now we've got a new leader too it's you know sam kane is managed to take over what do we expect from sam you know it's obviously a pressure pressure-filled job taking over the all blacks captaincy yeah i don't expect a lot to change i think you know he's you know he's experienced enough and has an understanding of what he is as a person i think it's just more so it's more in the media and you know and he'll, he'll have the last words he'll be delivering messages he'll be out um be seen a lot more but uh, his playing style is is pretty suited to being a to being a captain man and um, I know how tough and um, and smart he is as a footy player. So, and he's pretty lucky that he's got some pretty good leaders around him that will be able to drive a lot of his messages that he have through the week, whether it be coaches or senior leaders as well. But um, I think he's yeah, he's done it before. He's done it, you know, in little spurts here and there when Rito wasn't there and Sam as well. So um, I think he's it's going to be an exciting time for him. So I don't know what you think about that, Jip. 
Yeah, I think that's the beauty of it. He's done it before, so it's yeah. not completely green. Um, I he's the style of leader to me, um, which puts uh, his performance as paramount in terms of his leadership. And he, he, I reckon he'll be he'll be zoning in on on playing big minutes and doing the tough stuff and and you know rolling his sleeves up style to start with, and then he'll he'll slowly build um, the captain he is. But I, I don't think um, he'll be overawed by it or um, feeling different pressure. I think when you're representing the All Blacks, every player feels that pressure. Um, I know the captain has obviously got added pressure, like Bryn said, with media and stuff, but I, I think he's just, the way he's led the Chiefs is a follow me. This is, I'm, I'm going to lead the way with my actions and, you know, speak when I need to speak, but he's not going to over overdo it. And like, I think the utilization of the leadership group is the key to success for a captain, do you know what I mean? Because you can't do it all. So it's it's having having lieutenants that one he trusts that are going to continue and drive the same message that they all want. Um, and, and he's just got men, abundance of men and options in that group at the moment. Bryn, you've been through something similar, I suppose, this year when Sam Wylock handed the captaincy to Barrett and then Barrett had to hand the captaincy to Taylor. What kind of effect does that have on a team in that first week when you've got a new captain? You know, how practically does it change it? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. To be honest, it doesn't really. I think, um, you know, they're all pretty soon they have their own kind of leadership style. So, you know, with, I guess with Scooter, he's different to Cody and Cody's different to Davey. But I guess the messaging is, is pretty, um, it's pretty much the same from the leaders, from the leadership group. And then, then obviously the captain and that kind of stuff will have the final say in that sense. So I don't think I don't think it changes a lot to be honest. Some people might think that you know it's a bit different and is it going to um, hamper your performances or is something going to be different? But to be honest, a lot doesn't change. What might change a little bit is just that you hear him talk a little bit more than maybe other weeks where he wasn't captain. So um, I don't think it changes a lot. It didn't change for a lot with us when we when we changed. Um, it was pretty much you know, another cog on the wheel and we're on going in the same direction. But you probably just hear from his voice a little bit more than you would have from other weeks. In a team which is carrying so much experience, I mean, the majority of this team is exactly the same, isn't it? So they know how to work together. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I think, yeah, I think it'll be business as usual. Um, and, and I mean, you know, Ian Foster's been around as well a long time, so there's not a lot of change. Like, yeah, there's change, but it's, it's pretty familiar faces. 
um, that are that are sitting around with a you know a bit of fresh blood that's floating around as well. Mm. Sam Kane's a smart cookie man too. Like when he chats code, you you sit there and listen. He's pretty mm. authoritative. He knows what he's talking about. Yeah, you know, he's a traditional like, like we're saying, like we've spoken about Patty and we've spoken about um, Sam Whitelock and the detail they go into in their roles. It's no different for him, you know. He's he that's that's what made him, you know, get in the All Black jersey. I think he debuted against Ireland and he was just exceptional, you know. And, and he's just developed and and grown, and that's because he loves the game. He loves understanding the game, but you don't get to captain the All Blacks if you if you're not tactically aware of what it takes to win rugby games and he he's certainly um of the upper echelon when it comes to rugby knowledge and it'll help this week because they're up against dave rennie and he knows dave rennie really well bro yeah he does so you know those little those little trends that, that he has and what he's had in the past you know it's a great you know sam will know obviously a little things here and there that'll it might come as a surprise but um with his knowledge knowing dave and um certain traits and things that he wants to drive within a group you know we have a bit of an advantage in that sense so I'm, I'm, if we talk about dave rennie i'm looking forward to seeing what what he does this first um this first test match i know it's a new group and we've talked about a lot on the show but um yeah i'm finally going to be happy to see what what kind of game plan they're going to play and how they're going yeah. to play and you know the kind of feel that we're going to have around the test match and even the messaging that he's going to be having in the media as well so i'm really looking forward I'm to pretty sure for australia I'm pretty sure it's Michael Hooper's hundredth too, hundredth oh, yeah. test. That'll add to it. Uh, it's, it's a, and and there's one thing we know um, is I suppose building a week around something like that is is going to have that a nice. fairly motivated uh, Wallabies type team that's fresh. They feel fresh. The style of play is is exciting. Like that's what I'm looking forward to seeing. Their, their, their style. Is there an adjustment? Is there a quick throw mindset? Is there a quick tap? Is it all uh, looking to get those turnovers and turn, you know, those turnovers into points within that 15 second window? All those sorts of things that he's had so much success everywhere he's gone. Um, I think the cattle he's got over there is pretty strong. Um, and they just needed some direction. And, and I think uh, it's exciting for where Bledisloe like Cup rugby, all the stuff that's been happening off the field adds to it. You know, like it's all, it's just like, it's just bubbling. It's just so exciting. It's like, you know, just as a fan, it's it's going to be awesome on Sunday. Hmm. What kind of imprint can a coach make in a matter of weeks? Can you, can you coach turn a team with what, 16 uncapped players? I think what do you care? Team what you... your blacks in New Zealand? I think what you can drive is, is a mindset and, um, you know, no doubt he's probably had um, themes and mantras that he's probably had for this week or even the past couple of weeks that he's been in there. That's just to get that kind of change and flip going forward. So I think you can, I think through the duration of the competition, you'll be able to see the improvements and more change in if they wanted to play. But I think early on, he'll be able to set the tone when it comes to mindset and the way he wants the team to be running. These are the, these are the virtues. These are the goals. These are the standards that the Australian rugby team looks like. And, you can drive that from a pretty early, early stage. So I'll be pretty sure that'll be happening the first couple of weeks early on. It's also like when there's a new coach, there's going to be a spike because everyone's like, "Oh, I'm on edge." You know, I don't know where I sit with this coach. The the biggest challenge and something he's been successful at is maintaining that level. If you know what I mean. So not having a spike, you know, beat the All Blacks and then lose by fifty the next week. You know, so it's it's creating an environment that. Um, you know, we might see some success early on, but it's then how do you sustain that success? How do you evolve the game? How do you evolve these players to be better than they were before? Because the opposition then know your style. You know, they've, they've watched the tape. So it's, that's where I think they're going to get the most benefit out of having someone of his calibre. Mm. 
place where they've been tremendous, um, certainly with Hooper and Pocock there, has been at the breakdown. Do we see them attacking that place again against this All Blacks team? Yeah, I, yeah, I think, uh, look, it's, it's Hooper's game. Um, I, I think he'll, he'll play a big part um, in that. But I suppose it's, it's what they do from those turnovers is, is going to be the biggest test or biggest change. And, and turning those turnovers into points hasn't always been the case. They've been great over the ball. They've been great at getting the ball back. But then utilising that ball, I suppose, at a tempo that gets them reward rather than just, you know, I suppose, going to the corner and, and having a, you know, having a crack there. I just think that there, I'll be interested to see a mindset shift, you know, like you see now guys turn over, um, who was it? And I don't want to take it back to domestic rugby, but I think it was Jamie Booth. And, he, you know, there was a penalty in the corner and quick tap, bang. And, and then he got another penalty because uh, Nana Satura was offside. So it's what they do, you know, they, they will get turnovers because Hooper's one of the best at it. But um, I think I think the All Blacks have had the wood on them and, and the results show it is what they've done with their turnover ball um, in the past and, and yeah. they've just been so effective. Something Wayne Smith really, really drove and, and has, I suppose, continued on, Brian. Yeah, it was. It's that, it's that click attack. Obviously, in New Zealand teams, we talk around click attack. If you're, um, once you get a turnover, it's the first two passes or the first couple of things you're doing off that turnover attack. And if you think about New Zealand teams, not just at domestic or super rugby, but at international level, that, that, that broken play and scoring points off that click attack um, is pretty paramount in the way we score our points. But coming back to your question as well, I think Ross as well, the times the New Zealand teams have struggled or the, or the All Blacks have struggled, oh, sorry, excuse me, man. sorry, excuse me, um, the times that they've struggled is when you slow down their ball. I think, you know, with Aaron Smith and the way he's been playing, if you look at Super Rugby and when that tempo's going fast and he's got guys around him, he's playing instinctively and the ball's getting out quick, then we're great. We're a great, we're a great attacking brand of rugby. But if you look at the World Cup and even the times that we have struggled, it's when you slow down our ball, which Hooper and them are great at. But then the big men as well are dominating the collision and the carries. So if they can have that kind of emphasis and being able to do that, um, it takes guys away like Nuggie has, has quick ball, our backs getting balls, our, our, our forwards being able to play tip balls and being able to play as well. So I think there'll be a big emphasis on that moving forward and that's probably the uh, only times when the New Zealand teams have struggled due well, to that. That's what that semi-final was. That, that England pack were brutal. They won the physical count, uh, encounter, you know, and, and it was it was the big men had been dominant in the tackle. Not necessarily getting, over, you know, Curry and that were good and getting over the ball and getting turnovers, but it was the big men that was driving them back, you know, slowing their momentum. So when you get that dominant tackle and you drive them back, your defensive line now doesn't have to fold around the corner and go back another metre. You, you've got time to set. You're, you've got 14 men on the feet, uh, you know, and so you've got, the ability to make decisions. It's when, say, a Patrick Tui-Piloto is a dominant carry and he gets two, three metres over the game line, then you've got to retreat, you've got to get round, and then as, you know, we've got Nuggy or TJ, whoever it is, Brad Weber, ball up mindset, people running holes, it's it's a, it's tough to defend. So you smack on, bro, and that physicality and that dominance and that collision area is, is a massive part to their success. And I suppose, who is going to be... You know, like they relied heavily on Karevi, um, Samu Karevi. And if you look at all the stats from 2019, he's he's the one Wallaby in there. And the other one is, is um, Korobiti. He he was, I think, you know, second or third out of all international teams and defenders beaten, line, uh, clean line breaks um, and carries. So they've still got, obviously, him as an option, but he's quite wide out. So it's just going to be interesting that 
that makeup of the midfield and how you know it, it's it's and there's been a lot of change in the team from the World Cup and obviously a change of coach. So it's it's hard to know exactly how they're going to play. But those are the key areas to get a job done against the All Blacks, which is what we know. Yeah, and I think if you come back to that World Cup as well, Joe, like as we know, mate, the tight five as well, then being able to do a job. Well, if you look at a Tojo in that semi that semi final, mate, like you know he was unbelievable when it came to physicality, winning breakdown, slowing ball down, being smart, great ball carrier. So, um, obviously, Otoji's world-class and is obviously isn't going to be playing. But, you know, if there's uh, the forwards that they could do that for Australia, and, again, we talked about it before around slowing down that ball and making it a tough night or tough afternoon for the All Blacks, um, yeah, it would be pretty interesting to see how that goes. So, do they have a forward who can hit the gain line the way that they've used their backs to hit the gain line in the past? Um, Solokai Alotto, is, uh, uh, is it Solokai... Yeah, uh, the Queensland Red Six. Yeah, Lucan. Is is uh, Tui? Or, no, no, I can't. It used to be Lucan Tui, and he's now yeah. Salakai Lotto. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think he can. He's definitely got the 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 body shape and and the the physical presence to do it. Um, has he done it on the international stage yet? I wouldn't say yet, but uh, you know that's the sort of uh, player you, you're going to be looking to go to. That we've obviously spoken at depth about Harry. Wilson and, and his, you know his mindset to carry and, and, and being a big sort of physical player, um, but there's there's just there's just an unknown as to, as I said you know of what their team is going to look like um, you know especially their locks they've had a lot of change in the locks they've got Rob Simmons there as a consistent but um, you know they've obviously had two boys during COVID they didn't you know obviously left the Reds and have gone overseas and things like that so there's a bit of change in the engine room uh, they've always had a solid front row. I yeah. think that'll change. Um, but I'd love to see. Um, I'd love to see Pete Samu. I'd love to see Pete. He's obviously, I played a bit of played played a bit of me at the Crusaders, but you know, if he can have that kind of enforcer kind of mindset and being able to, because he's on the with the ball in hand, he's he's an electric and he's great with ball in hand. But you know, if he can turn that around and be that enforcer, kind of like a Jerome Kino and you know the ones that we're kind of talking about with the Toje and that kind of mindset. No, I reckon he could be one that could really have that enforcer kind of role. So whether he can do that can at play, national play level, at six. He can, well, yep, yep, he can play. Well, eight, most people, he has been playing eight. He has been playing eight for the Brumbies. But, um, you know, whether they see him as a, as a genuine six, I saw him do it at the Crusaders. And when Geordie Telford was there, they'd go in between each other. So with that kind of role, um, whether he can do it internationally when Rennie sees that. Um, I think he can. I, I do think he can do it at international level. Yeah. Um, I always just saw him, I suppose, in my head as that impact player off the bench to, to really help drive him. Because he's that energy. He's that ball of energy. When other players are tiring, I think that's when he's at his best. That's just from from what I've seen. Where, you know, let, let the other guys go out there and bash around because the first forty is always that. You know, sort of like you guys with Tasman. You, you, it was just a fight, 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 and then it actually took its toll in the second half on the Tasman. Then Mountain they had to defend in that first half, and that's where I think someone like a Pete Samu, as you say, attacking skill set, his ability over the ball, and just what we're talking about, what you do from a turnover. He's the sort of guy that would quick tap and just go. You know, and, and I think that could be a real vital cog off the bench late in test matches for me for the Wallabies. Mm. Uh, uh, it all adds up to, I think, what is the most interesting part of this is that professional rugby has starved us of mystery. And this game yeah, has mystery. It Who does. knows what's going to happen? Yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the beauty. Is like, that's the thing I'm looking forward to is seeing because even though there's 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 going to be things that Ian Foster wants to change as well, you know, we're talking a hell of a lot about the Wallabies and what they're 
going to do and stuff. But at the end of the day, the, the All Blacks are probably going to have a, a style change. It's not going to just be the same, you know, I suppose, one, three, three, one sort of split attack. It's, it, it could look a lot different to us as well. So there's, there is the unknown on both sides, if you, if you really think about it, because they're, they're going to come out of the World Cup review and know that they're going to have to evolve and change. So mm. you know, what, what that looks like, we don't know. I wonder if they'll um, go with that dual threat pivot as well, Jip, with Bodie and Richie. Or do they go with Jordy the four? Jordy, Jordy's I think been Jordy's going. playing too well, isn't he? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, do you want to have Moang and them on at the same time, or do you just back one of the tens and then have Jordy at fullback and then go from there? Because Jordy's been outstanding, like you said, he's been outstanding the whole the season. So I'm, I'm interested to see that team. It is a tough. See yeah, how that goes, yeah. man. See how that goes. I okay, think, get, I think get they, the gloves they, out. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, is it Bowden? Or is it Richie? Bowden. Ah, uh, it's Richie for me, mate. <laughs> I've got to say that as a teammate, and Jeff has got to say that as a teammate as well. Uh, I don't. I don't. I. I. I'd, I. I think Bowden is with his speed. Like I agree, Richie's probably the form ten. Um, but I, I just I, I like Bowden in the ten jersey. And I think he has to be on the field. And and That's, yeah, yeah. I just I, yeah. I think when he plays flat. He just creates, man. You just have to be on him, and if you're not on him, he'll go. He's just got that speed, that tempo, and if and he's good enough. If mm. you you don't become world player twice, it'd be interesting no as well. It'd be interesting as well because if you think in that World Cup, they had a they wanted Bodie and Richie, and, and they kind of the game plan dictated that with how they wanted to play. They wanted to play mm. with a bit of width, get into the second pair of hands with Bodie there, and being able to play both sides of the field. No, so if they lose that and they go to obviously just have Richie or um, Bodie, will there be changes like we just talked about, Jip, in their game plan, what they wanted to do from the World Cup? So, yeah, mate, it's going to be yeah. um, it's going to be interesting, man. Interesting. Because, mate, Jordy's been playing unbelievable. He's been the form fullback in the comp. Oh, and, and Richie's um, the, rugby, form, so. Richie's the form 10, but... Correct. Um, interesting, yeah. I don't know, man. I'm glad I'm not a coach. <laughs> oh, it's a good problem to have, though. Absolutely. I mean, we're mate. talking about probably the two best players. Yep. You know, it, it, definitely, obviously, in New Zealand, but, you know, they, they stack up worldwide. And to have both of them in your team and you, you don't know how to stack it up. Um, I just think Geordie has to be at fullback, doesn't he? I don't know. His, 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 his ability in the air, you know, under his ability to kick, his decision-making, offload, his passing. Like, I mean, some of his passes in Super Rugby, like he's running full to I think he's playing, was it the Chiefs maybe? And he just puts it on... Um, Puts on a yeah, their big on long his ball. chest. Um, what was what's his name? The South African winger that left. Ben Bike. Uh, ben yeah, Corbus. Yeah, yeah, Corbus yeah, Um That part, like, oh, he's, he he definitely deserves deserves a crack. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting because I mean, is it a clean slate? Does Foster have a clean slate just to start again, or do old picking orders in some way remain? No, nah, I think new, there's a lot of new coaches in there. So there's a lot, a lot of different opinions that have come in. So I think things will, there will be some adjustment. And there's also players that have grown. We've spoken about Paddy's growth. Like he's a, you know, he's right. At, he's in the mixer to be, you know, not only being in the leaders and stuff, you know, but regular 80 minute shifts are, are, are a regular thing for him now. You know, so mm. there's and and there's a number of new blood. We've got number eight jersey wide open. You know, talk about Hoskins, but we've got a Kira who can play there. Um, you know, there's there's going to be change and, and adjustments, and there's going to be players. You know that John Plumtree uh, enjoys and, and prefers to, I suppose, what Mike Cronin that thought of. You know, in, in the World Cup year. 
let, let's look at the trends then across Super Rugby. If the All Blacks were going to start playing in a different way, what trends have you seen this year across Super Rugby Aotearoa that would suggest um, the All Blacks might pick that up and carry on with it? Oh, I think um, something the Crusader, you know, if, if Richie is at 10 and, and you know, he's getting more settled in, in the All Black environment is your contestable kicking game, you know, with George Bridge, I think you know, it, it works really well for you guys, especially down at home. And I know it's a different time of year, so it might be a conditions-based game plan. And I don't know if you can talk to it, but I, I think it's just such a weapon and, and a key part of the game. It was the first time I've seen Harbour really use that contestable kicking game the other day, and that's what won us the game. You know, contestable kick, Thomas Oaki taps it back, James Little scores, you know, because you're putting people's skill set under pressure. It's, it's, a, it's a collision. It's a... It's an attacking kicking mindset rather than a territorial kicking mindset. So I, I think that's something All Blacks haven't done a lot of. It's been a lot of, uh, you know, click counter, turnover attack, um, very structured um, interplay, ball play between, um, I suppose, forwards and stuff. And I think that'll continue. But the tactical kicking game it could shift. I, I don't know that. Yeah, I think it could be a. I think there could just be a bit more balance when it comes to the kicking game because I think if you think um, that World Cup kind of World Cup and even before that, it was a lot of long kicks down the middle of the field. Um, so obviously having that mindset to be to get it down there um, and then back their defense and be able to uh, build pressure through that way. But yeah, if you if you look at Nuggy as well and even TJ and, um, and Brad as well, you know the contestables off nine is such a such a weapon. If you think at that World Cup final even the World Cup of the Af South Africa and, and the English was predominantly off nine, you know, and be able to um, suffocate teams and really build pressure when it came to the contestables off nine. So I probably think they might, if they continue the, the game plan that they had um, with the World Cup with wanting to play a bit more, then they might continue to do that, but maybe just see a bit more balance when they might just want to be kicking off source off nine and being able to um, put teams in a bit of a vice, especially when you've got a good kicking nine like Nuggie as well. I'm just thinking as well, like, it's been, a, I think, a, an amazing growth in Caleb Clark's game. Coming back from sevens, he seems to be a much better athlete in the air. George Bridge is, you know, the other option on the wing as well, and he's exceptional mm. at it. Um, you know, for quite a small guy, like, you know, Duffy's quite tall and you know, he's got that league style, but Bridges, he's got a knack for getting those balls back, doesn't he? Like, it's, not, it's not conventional, mate. It's not conventional. Yeah, how yeah, he gets but, up there. We give him a lot it. of shit, man. We give him a lot of shit for the way he actually doesn't get up in the air. But yeah, with Bridges, I just think it's a weapon that they that they could really use with the players they've chosen. Yep, and it's a, and it's a mindset thing as well. You know, we have a big thing down south that if you know you got a contestable, you've either got to come back with the ball or you've got to make the team a 50-50. You know, we've used that term a lot, Chip, and you know that. Um, getting that ball back, it's a 50-50 contest. You've got to put on the money as a 9 or a 10 or whoever's kicking that contestable. But if you've got that mindset to go up and win the ball, um, you can either win it back, and it's great for you as your team, but it's a 50-50. You look at Thomas Yerke on the weekend. Um, he went up for a 50-50. Davey drops it. You know He's one of the best in the world at that. And James Little is there to pick up the scraps. And that's a try just based off a contestable kick. So... Yeah, it literally was win a line out at the front, pass the ring and put in the air. Like, it's, yep. it seems simple. It's a low percentage it's, play, man. Yeah, it's... Low percentage with such big gains as well, and it's so simple yeah. to do. Hmm. So that affects who you pick out wide. So you, you've mentioned I George so. Bridge. You mentioned Caleb Clark. They are both left wingers in the most part. No, um, Bridge is a 14. He can play 14, can't he? I think, well... He can, but he's a left footed kicker, so I think he'd be much better on the, on the left hand, on the left wing. But mm. then, you know, um, been, yeah, because Caleb's left, left, um, left wing as well, so... I think, you know, I think Damien Kenzie's still 
has to be considered as well at fullback. So then does Geordie Barrett go to a right wing position? Because I, I think he's that that body um, for a crossfield picking game like Richie Mwanga like is really good at, and, and he's that tall against say a, a Kotobeti or someone that is more of a power athlete, skill based athlete. It's just such a weapon that yeah, we haven't even said um, Will Jordan as well. Will Jordan's great in the air. Well, that's so, what won the North-South game, isn't it? Yeah, so, you know, having, having, if they're going based around aerial, like, Seve's good in there as well, but with Will being a, lot, a little bit taller and a little bit quicker, you know, he's a guy that you'd have to have in that right-wing conversation as well. Last year, they threw out um, Bridge and Seve Reese, two guys who are complete rookies out wide, didn't they? Um, mm-hmm. Do you need a balance of experience out wide if you're going to throw in a Caleb Clark? Do you need to be thinking on the other side that maybe someone who's been there a little bit longer? Okay, yeah, let's give Will Jordan a crack. Well, it's based on form, isn't it? Those selections last year at the World Cup were based on form because George and Sibu had played pretty well at Super Rugby and then they came in the all-black environment and performed very, very well. So if we talk about Dave Rennie, we talk about based around form, and those boys were um, would do obviously deserving of those spots. Um, and I think they will pick on form, right? Don't you? Yeah, I think they, they will. I yeah. think it, it's, it's, it's the only currency you've got to go off at the moment. I don't think there'll be too much based on experience. I don't know, maybe. It's a balance it's a it's a balancing act. Well who's the most experienced who's the most experienced on our outsides? Wingers. Just wingers. I suppose Rico if they're oh. considering him as a winger or if they're considering him as a centre, who like, what are they? Centre, so, yeah. Well it's, yeah, so still, it's, it's still like young. It's, it's yeah, there's not there's no one that's got There's know, no bender. There's no bender that was, you know, yeah. a, a big um experience. Damian McKenzie, I suppose, yeah. but he's not a winger, is he? Um, it's a it's a luxury of choices. What do you think about it? It's That's what made the North South game so good, <laughs> you know, because you could put them all out there. Yep. Yeah, some tough be some, co- there'll be some yeah. tough conversations to have this yep. week. I'd say yeah, for guys man. missing out. Okay, yep. well let's let's put something on the line. Tell us your back three. Person gets closest next week. You know, we'll put let's let's put a bottle of something on it. Oh man, uh, you Clark, Barrett. Bridge. I'm going to go Barrett. Oh, sorry, not Barrett. Um, yeah, Geordie at fullback. I'm going to go George 11. Oh, man, you've got Sivu. I'll go. Why don't you just go um, George Bridge, Sivu, and, and then put Will Jordan at 15? <laughs> I can't, mate. I can't. <laughs> I was thinking about it. No, nah, you've got to have Geordie at fullback, and then to be honest, I reckon it'll be a toss up between Jordan and Reese. Make a call, please. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jordan? I'm Jordan on the right. No uh, love for Clark, hey? <laughs> the fourth power Clark, winger mate. of Super Rugby. Well, you got you. Oh, George just doesn't play 14. And yeah. Kelly just doesn't play 14 either. So I've just picked George based on, based on it. <sighs> I couldn't, yeah, it's damn hard, man. Seriously uh, hard. I'd love to, yeah, I'd have Kelly, you know, I could have Kelly there as well. I just, I don't know. I'm going on a bit of experience with Bridge there at 11. Are we presuming that Rico will be starting at 13? Oh, you talk about form. You oh, talk about oh. that Northwest South game, mate. <laughs> Jeez, he was the best midfielder there. Yeah, yeah. he's definitely at 13. Anton Who do you 12. go at 12 then? You got Anton? Anton, yeah. Anton? Do you have Jack on the bench? Oh, it depends. It's hard, that one, because you, you need a bit of coverage. Depends what they do with Richie and, and Bodie. Then you got it's so hard. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's so hard, man. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
the unknown. Yeah. The unknown. Yeah. It'd be hard to name the bench, man. Even yeah. the well, Anton, you know, I mean, they have liked the balance of Anton sometimes wearing 23 because he can, you know, but that's when they were going with the dual pivot, you know, but if they're not going to go with the dual pivot, you know, one of them, uh, Rich or Bowen, is going to be on the bench. So then does it, um, you know, my theory, maybe a Will Jordan fits that or a Damian McKenzie fits that 23 jersey a little bit better. Um, if, if it's a Bodie or a, a Richie on the bench. Um, so, it's, you know, it's hard to leave Jack Goodhue out. But, yeah, I mean, they're probably going to have to. If, if you're going to have Jordy and also Rico in the starting side, you know, do you really need to cover the midfield in the same way? I mean, could you just say, you well, know... Um, so you wouldn't have that midfield on the bench. you just go, you just go Rico you just, and then a winger. Go, yeah. Yeah. And you and you'd uh, you'd go, you'd go a ten, yeah, Richie and, and, a, and, a, and a, a versatile like a Damian McKenzie or a Will Jordan, mm. yeah, twenty three cover two positions, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. can't wait for the team selection. Jeez. <laughs> Friday morning, God. what time is it, Ross? What time is it? Uh, officially, <laughs> it comes out at five a.m. Set your alarm. Oh, yeah, fantastic. <laughs> Set it down, I'll, mate. I'll be up. I'll be up with a teething baby. I'd say. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The, the tweets will be coming out, bottling one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the other. <laughs> I, if I, if it was me, I, I think that I, I would see Will Jordan on the bench for his first test. I, I think they're more likely to put him there, considering the coverage he gives them across both wings and at fullback. And yeah. maybe we're more likely to see him there than actually starting, just because it's his first test. I know he's. They can be conservative that way, can't they? So Damien McKenzie misses out? Yeah. Well, you don't need first five cover, do you? Um, if you've got no. Richie on the bench and, and Bowden there, um, presuming that that's the way that they go, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the most exciting All Black selection I can remember in a long, long time because that outside back, well, pretty much the entire back line, bar Aaron Smith, is completely yeah. up for debate. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and it's, it and it's subjective, isn't it? You know, like, we're probably nowhere near it. And Foxy yeah. and Fozzie and Carl yeah. are just we... probably going to listen to this guy, listen, listen to these idiots. <laughs> Look at these clowns. Um, but no, I think I do think we're close. I, I, I do think we'd be pretty close with that midfield back three. Ten's an interesting one. I can't wait for that one. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm just gonna mention if they play that dual, the dual pivot, or oh, they just oh, keep it, a, yeah. or they just keep it as one. Just Richie or Bodie's gonna start. I think so. Yeah, but well, I mean that comes down to last year. I mean, was that Steve Hansen's decision? How much of a part did Ian Foster play in the idea of playing? I don't, playing I don't think I don't think someone was playing well enough to warrant. Yeah. spot. Whereas yeah. now we've got a number of players playing so well that it's not as crucial to get both of them on the field, if you know what I mean. Like whereas mm. they were sort of pushed into that direction a little bit. Mm. Yeah, and they had good options for it. Yeah, and like now it's like there's so many guys playing well that play 15 week in week out. Yep. Um, and I know Bodie played a lot of 15 for us at the start, but Manny looked good when he moved into 10. <sighs> Yeah, he looked seriously good. 